This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to week eight. We are going to be recapping the games that happened week eight, but we're going to throw it over to Amy first to get us started with this week's game. Okay, so we are picking our favorite Nebraska comeback, and I'm picking Laura to go first. All right, well, my favorite comeback, um, I had a couple of them, but I'm going to go with one that was more defined as the true Nebraska comeback. The one that I was there for was the Purdue game a few years ago. It was more back and forth. So the comeback game that I picked to discuss is Nebraska versus Ohio State back in 2011. We ended up coming back. We were ranked number 14. We came back from a 21-point second-half deficit. And, of course, we beat Ohio State, so that's exciting. Um, It was the biggest comeback in our school's history. Taylor Martinez was the quarterback. He ran uh, for a touchdown and passed for two. Uh, Rex Burkhead, if you guys remember him, also had 26 carries for 119 yards and one touchdown. But it was just exciting because, again, it was in the second half. It was the biggest comeback in school history. And at that point, we were ranked um, number 14. We were playing against Braxton Miller. I just remember (laughs) Pope Lini got super upset because like a bunch of fans left, but we ended up coming back. So that for me is my pick. Do you guys remember that game at all? I do. I uh, was working parent conference that weekend, so I had gotten everything done early so that I could go home and watch the game. And I remember being like really upset when we got down 21 points, but I kept like, I had the, like, you know, my little like optimist, like little seed of hope inside me never died. And I kept flipping back to the game, like from other games that I was watching. And it was like, okay, we're starting to come back. Like, maybe we can do this. And then, like, you know, the last whatever, I was on the edge of my seat, like, watching it. Um, I do remember Bo Pelini getting upset. I remember fans being, like, like not totally satisfied with Taylor Martinez's performances and both saying, like, that'll, like, shut him up. I remember he, he was just super exciting to watch. He was so fast. I do remember that game. It was very exciting. And there was, like, a kid at the camp at the time that was a huge Ohio State fan, and I had been talking, like, a bunch of trash talk to him before the game. And this I is was, shocking. Yes, this is. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to, like, eat my words. And then when we came back, it was just all the sweeter because then I could just talk a little bit more after the game. Something interesting about the game, um, time of possession was almost 50-50 exactly. So they had it for 17 minutes, 25 seconds. We had it for 18 minutes, 8 seconds. I thought that was kind of an interesting stat. The time of possession was almost 50-50. The game decider, though, is they turned the ball over twice, and we only turned it over once. Little trivia question for you guys. Do you remember who the kicker was for Nebraska during this game? Was it Alex Henry? No, he's a little bit earlier. earlier. Chris Brown. No, 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 no. Way earlier. (laughs) Earlier than that. What, what year did you say it was? 2011. Okay. Yes. I will give you a hint. He just made a 63-yard field goal I was gonna say in the NFL. Yes, it's Brett Maher. He was our kicker. And I need to look up this stat, but I think he's one of the only kickers who has made three field goals over 60 yards or something crazy like that. So back in the days when we had good kickers. All right. Well, I will go next. The game that I chose is a more recent game because I feel like we need that encouragement. (laughs) This has happened recently. We've come from behind and we've won. Um, We saw that in the Illinois game this year, but the game I selected was the... (laughs) 
god. No, explain to me why you're laughing. <laughs> Laura's like, that's what she said under her breath, but I just lost it. I'm sorry. You she said you said they came from us. Well, just that's the whole title of this segment, Amy. Yes. How am I not supposed to say that? I didn't say it. Laura did, and I was just laughing. All right. Well, this is like really hard for me to choose anyway, because there haven't been that many in recent history. So the game that I chose was the Nebraska-Iowa game from 2014. This was Bo Pelini's last season as head coach. I'm trying to think if this was his last game coaching, but I think we did go to a bowl game. It was the middle of the third quarter. Nebraska was down 24-7, to and we came back, tied the game up at 31, and went into overtime, and we ended up scoring on a nine-yard pass from Tommy Armstrong to Kenny Bell. And then we won the game. I was watching this game deep in SEC country. So it was extremely gratifying to see Nebraska come back and then win. I was the only Nebraska fan there. And it was an amazing comeback. I just always love it when we beat Iowa. Also, Laura, since you brought up the time of possession stats, this game was really interesting because Iowa had more total yards. They had the ball 37 minutes and 44 seconds um, to our 22 minutes and 16 seconds. They had 24 first downs where we only had 13. But the only difference that went in our favor was turnovers. Iowa had four turnovers and we had two. Those and so that will, yep, that will bite you in the butt. So we got Iowa <laughs> on the turnovers and won the game. Yes, that was a crazy game. I do remember that. Since, you know, I asked a trivia question earlier with a kicker, without looking, who was our kicker? The other Brown. Yes, Drew Brown. Well, I will go. And just a fair warning, I'm thinking outside the box a little bit. This isn't really what most people would consider maybe a comeback comeback. But I really wanted to talk about <laughs> Did you just pick a game where we, like, blow out somebody? <laughs> You're like, suckers. So, I'm going to talk about the 96 Fiesta Bowl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm just going to, like, give you a little backstory. We were number one, and Florida was number two. So, everyone was talking about it was going to be, like, a classic, you know, number one versus number two game. Going to be, like, you know, back and forth, really good game. We start the game, and Florida gets the ball first, and they drive down. And they get a field goal. So they are up 3 nothing. So this is a comeback. How okay. did we do it? So we are amazing. Then. Edge of I your can't seat, we hung in there. We score a touchdown. And then they block our extra point. And then Danny Warfel gets like a, a little quarterback sneak like from the one or two yard line and takes it in. So they're up 10 to 6 after the first quarter. So this is still a come from behind win. Okay, then, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt for one second because I will actually give it, this is a come-behind win because CBS's Terry Donahue, um, while he was like commentating or talking about the game, he stated, and I quote, Nebraska better not get too far behind yes. when it was 10 to 6. Yes, and I remember, <laughs> I remember that. I totally do. And okay, here's the other thing then, I will give you, Amy. What? Dad at this point had probably left the room <laughs> and right. given That's up all hope. Right, right. He totally had. So that's why this feels like more of a comeback to me and to us than probably normal people. Then in the second quarter, we score 29 unanswered. We completely blow them out. I just remember like in the third, like late third and fourth quarter, I just remember like the camera panning to Steve Spurrier's face again and again and again. And I have never seen so many different like grimaces on someone's face. (laughs) It was just, it was such a thing of beauty though. And then that 
late run by Tommy Frazier where it's like, how many tackles can one mm-hmm. man break? He like, the, like everyone on the team tries to tackle him. So yeah, we were a three point favorite going into the game, but it was supposed to be like really good the whole time. And That's then she said, good one. Anyway, it was a come from behind win and we blew them out. And the final score was 62 to 24. And then, then we got our second national championship under Tom Osborne. So let's just game. make it. Let's just make it three for three. Who was our kicker, you guys? Oh Lord, have mercy. That was 96. Chris Brown. <laughs> there it is, Megan. You got it. <laughs> Do you guys remember? I remember that one, and I remember the. I feel like the game-changing moment for that was so we had Warfel and we had them back in their own end zone, and we tackled him, and the ref said no, he got out, which was totally false. Mm-hmm. And then on the next play, we completely we just like we yeah. laid his butt out. I will say I like Danny Werfel, but we laid him out in the end zone, and we we got that safety. I think that was the game change, like kind of when everything shifted. Mm-hmm. So the momentum swung. Yep, yep. And I remember too. I remember I have to go back and watch it, but I remember Michael Booker picking him off, and the yep. announcer's like picked off by Michael Booker. He like said and it he, very distinctly. He, he ran that back for a pick six, didn't he? Yes, forty-two yeah. yards. Yep, mm-hmm. I remember that too. But yeah, I, I, I remember that. That was a that was a really good game. So, all right, I will give it to you. Okay, so now we'll transition to football on fleek. We are picking favorite mascots. Megan said that Herbie's not allowed, right? I believe we cannot pick Nebraska's. Okay. Well, I don't think I said that, but... Oh, I thought somebody... I well, like they, it's, they would it's a good ground rule. I agree with whoever would have said that. Okay, well, yeah. Lil Red and Herbie are obviously the best, but we're picking favorite mascot outside of Nebraska and then most annoying. I have a trivia question for you guys. Oh, okay. wow. Loris is full of trivia tonight. I like it. <laughs> it's about a kicker. Name the best kicking mascot. No, it's not about a kicker. It's time we're done with that. Segment's over. Can you guys name for me five living mascots? Yes. Ralphie. Vivo Ralphie. Vivo, Mike the Tiger. Ugga. Yeah, the dog. dog at... Texas A&M, um, what is her name? The Lassie dog. What, yes. I don't remember. How many, was that five? That was five, I believe. I think you guys said Ralphie, Bevo, Revel, Revelli. Oh, that's, that, that's a Texas A&M dog. That's the, yeah, that's that dog. Okay. And then the UGA dog. We said something else. Mike the Tiger. Mike the Tiger, yes. Very good. Very good, guys. Actually, I really have a soft spot in my heart for live mascots. I think it's really cool. I think I it's kind really of... funny when Bevo and Ralphie drag their handlers. They start going too fast. Yes. And can't keep up. And then, like, their handlers are just, like, being drug in the dirt behind them. That's my favorite thing when that happens. Okay. My second favorite thing is, do you remember, I think it was last year or maybe it was two years ago, before the bowl game when Texas and Georgia played each other, someone thought it would be a good idea to have Bevo and, yeah. and yes. Aga okay. next to each other. And people tried yes. to spear him. And then someone on the Texas side did admit that it wasn't the dog's fault. I'm like, okay, the like severely undersized, way smaller dog, you're finally saying that it wasn't its fault that happened. Anyway. I I will like, dis- well, let's get into our segment and then I'll give my opinion. Megan, did you want to go first this time? Sure, I can go first. I had a really hard time picking my favorite mascot because all the ones that I kind of thought were cool go with teams that I really don't like. It's really hard to be objective, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, that's part so, of it. Because so. I do like, I do really like the live mascot, but then, I mean, it's like Colorado, Texas, LSU, you know, all these teams that I really can't choose. So I'm going to go with a team that will not be an issue. I like it because of the creativity and it is America's most violent vegetable. Is it Del- okra? 
beats fighting okra okra yes yes. (laughs) he does look very vicious i don't know i just think that's a really creative one it's not being used by anyone else my runner-up is going to be the akron zips because they are kangaroos I get really tired of all of the tigers and the wild cats and the bulldogs. These are overused animals, okay? There are a lot of animals out there in the world. Why don't you pick something that no one else is using? Know, like, why aren't there any bush babies out there? <laughs> exactly. Akron has gone with a kangaroo. It's creative. It's something different. And kangaroos are pretty violent. They're aggressive. Yeah, they are. So I feel like it's a good it's a good mascot. There you go. Fighting okra and the Akron zips, which are kangaroos, I guess. I'll go next. The one that I like the most, probably because it like brings back memories of childhood, but I really like Puddles the Duck from Oregon. Just because, okay, well, I went first, so you have to pick a different one. Um, <laughs> it's just so cute, and it, it, like, he does look like Donald Duck, kind of. We had those, like, duck costumes that mom would always put, him, put us in for, like, the parades and stuff, and those aren't all good memories, but I have some fun ones of like trick-or-treating and like getting lots of candy in those duck uniforms and stuff so yeah I like the Oregon duck okay well that puddles was also my choice and that is actually Michael's favorite as well but I will pick a different one then I will actually disagree with Megan I actually well I'll split my argument I really like some of the live animal mascots I really hate the other ones so I don't like the big animals like Ralphie Bevo I don't like the tigers I don't know I'm just not a huge fan of like caging them up the ones I am a fan of because they really love their job are like the dogs. So Smokey at Tennessee, Uga um, at Georgia. Okay. The UGA dog looks like it wants to commit suicide. It does not look happy. Okay, at all. here's here's what I think oh, about no, the UGA dog. The UGA dog is the epitome of Southern aristocrat. He's like this yes. fat white guy yes. who's like laying yes. around inside and having yes. everyone bring him it's, stuff. You know he's loving that. No, like I he's like there. No, yeah. but he looks miserable. I think He's that's not. just his face, Amy. Yeah. You and I should understand this more than anyone. Yeah, I do. But I'm just saying that that is how he looks. And I I just add that Texas A&M dog, because you guys are talking about it. How do you say the name? Is it Ravelli or is it Ravel? I think it's Ravelli. Um, did you know that he's the highest ranking member of the Texas A&M Corps of Cadets? Yeah, they salute him on campus. Easy. I had no idea. I actually did yeah. not even know this existed. I went ahead and picked, if I can't pick Puddles, who I really do like, little fun fact for you guys. So he is based on, obviously, Donald Duck's character, and they had to get a special licensing agreement for it. He's Donald Duck, essentially. So he's pretty cute. The similarities are striking. But if we're talking about, I'm going to transition into the ones we hate, and I'll go ahead and start on this one. So I actually really hate Ralphie and Bevo. Your favorite. It's the dogs. It's Smokey, Ugga. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I really like those because I think the dogs really enjoy it. They love, like, running around on the field, and then they love, like, sitting there and having all the attention and getting pet, and they're pretty cute. Um, So I'm going to go with that one. And then the ones I hate is I hate Ralphie and I hate Bevo. <laughs> and I also, we have to talk about the Sooner. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> we, we totally do. That was probably so. my favorite part of Saturday. That was, I mean, everyone's okay, so it's definitely okay to laugh at it. I laughed so hard, and I watched it for, like, six different angles from everyone that uploaded videos, yeah. and it's funny every time, and then people put, like, slow-mo and put it to music. I'm sorry, but if you think that's a good idea to do that, or to, like, try to run out with a longhorn or a bison, like, I think you deserve to have that happen to you, so. Well, here's I the don't... thing. If he hadn't made such a sharp turn, like, I did... <laughs> 
like, it was like a mom turn. It's like, <laughs> like holding the reins or something. Like that was way too sharp of a turn. And I love how, first of all, when it tips over, the girl goes like flying and the guy rolls out too. The horses like take off with the wheels. Yeah, they come off the wagon. The horses are like, peace out, we're out of here. And then everyone's like, checking on the wagon and the poor like girl's it, dress on had been flung like 20 yards that was the best part of my saturday i think because and then all the comments on it like i kept getting texts from people and it was like and then they all died of dysentery yes the name of the horses yeah it's boomer and sooner and sooner so yep. thing, so. and then their mascots the one of them has like blue eyes and one of them has that's how you like tell them apart or whatever all right, so kind of to recap, my favorites were the dogs, and then my least favorite were the bison and the longhorn. But speaking of another funny story of things going wrong, so we talked about the uh, Sooners having their issues this um, week. So let me let me set the scene a little bit. It is a balmy day in Colorado. The uh, human mascot, which is Chip the Buffalo, is excited because they're playing New Hampshire, so they should be getting a win. And he grabs a t-shirt cannon. However, he unfortunately yes. had it the wrong way. Therefore, <laughs> Colorado's mascot now seeing Soprano and had to get carted <laughs> off of the field. Didn't <laughs> and this the- happen like a season or two ago? Yes, it was. Yeah, um, I totally remember this happening because I watched like, it a whole bunch of times. There's like all these tweets and it's like, Something you don't see every day. It's like Chip's Buffalo t-shirt got malfunctioned and he had to be carted off the field. Never took his head off, though. Respect the commitment. <laughs> and then someone else is like, the Colorado mascot carted off the field due to some kind of injury. Dot, dot, dot. Really? So it was pretty funny. But yeah, he got him in the nuts and then he tweeted out a picture of himself. It says, I'm okay, guys. Thanks for the love. So he apparently bounced yeah. back. But I think that's hilarious that he shot himself in the wiener with a gun. The funniest part is, dad actually... <laughs> tweeted this out to us <laughs> or like sent it via text and I was like at work and it was like the captions like mascot shoots himself in the wiener and like it's from my dad at work I started laughing <laughs> so hard and it's on that loop video so all you see is like like the gun hit him in the jump yeah, yeah I know I was at work too and I didn't even know that dad knew how to like send things like that yeah. out so I was really impressed with that anyway so yeah those are my those are the ones I dislike what about you guys okay well I will tell you that the most annoying one to me, okay, well, let me preface it. I used to think that um, Minnesota's gopher was kind of cute, but it has seriously what? lost its cuteness to me in the last couple weeks. So um, that one's going on my ugly list. Also, the most annoying one to me ever is Brutus the Buckeye from Ohio State. Like, the proportions of his face, like how wide it is and the shape of his eyes, and like... <laughs> everything about his face it just like grates on me yeah. and I, yes it, part of it is because I just hate Ohio State so I know that's part of it I know I'm not being objective but like it's just like when you have to like see like you know 48 to 7 and then you like see his face it just makes me see red mm-hmm. so anyway yeah okay well I agree with Goldie the Gopher I have felt this way for a long time though Goldie looks like he should be on the front of a cereal box I want my mascot to be aggressive. I want it to invoke fear. I don't like little red. That <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I'm like Listen, little red. Little red. Listen, I, did it, 
if I didn't know Little Red was taken off the table, I probably would have mentioned that one. I'm fine with Herbie Husker. Little Red needs to go. I just, I'm sorry. So true. I don't know. Anyway, actually, Jared and I went to the volleyball finals. The Stanford tree was there, of course. And Minnesota, Goldie might have been there. And Little Red was there. And they were doing all these, like, mascot challenges. And so they were, like, competing. And Little Red kept falling over and he couldn't get back up. It was just so pathetic. And I was like, really? Come on. I felt, like, the shame washing over me. I was like, no, please don't. Please stop doing this. Um, So anyway, my least favorite mascots. There are so many to choose from. It's really hard to narrow it down. I'm going to just list two. The first one is Syracuse. They have an orange as a mascot. It is literally an orange with like arms and legs. Otto the orange. Very uncreative. And then my second one is the Penn State Nittany Lion. And it's not because a Nittany Lion is a bad choice for a mascot. It's because this particular one needs an upgrade so badly. It is so worn. I mean, Jared says it looks like the Velveteen Rabbit. And I think he kind of has a point. It just, it does not look aggressive it looks very i don't know it just needs some help i have um a little trivia question though does anyone know what team sammy the slug is a mascot for oh i've heard of that um sammy the slug is it a coastal state (laughs) it is a coastal it's it's a california school yes it's california school irvine no it is the California Santa Cruz banana slugs. The banana slugs, uh, yeah. Oh, the Irvine, are they the anteaters? Yeah, they are the anteaters because they came up for the College World Series. That's what I was thinking. Never mind. Can we also just acknowledge the fact that Auburn has two as well? Like, they were like, we want to be war eagles, but we also want the Tigers. <laughs> I know. So we're just going to take, yeah. take both of them. Well, I feel like a and lot like of a lot Alabama, of... like, you yeah. know, their elephant, like, what? where did that come from? Or like well, Miami Hurricane, see, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and then they have like a ibis, and Stanford is the cardinal, but they have the tree. The tree, the tree. is so tacky. And the worst of all is Iowa State because they're the cyclones, but they have a cardinal. Bird. Yeah, like, what does yeah. that have to do with any? Yeah, it's like so unrelated. So I really need know. to police these. We should go around and police these and make people have their real mascot. Yes, you really should. All right. Well, that was fun. Now we are going to talk about our picks from last week. I'll start off the segment because wah, wah, I was the loser. I only got four of them right. Um, Amy and Ming both got five. But let's go ahead and talk about them. Okay. Well, so, first I have a joke. Knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? Orange. <laughs> Orange. Orange who? Orange, you glad it wasn't us that lost to Illinois? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh yes. yes. I, I am very glad. Up. All right. So let's go ahead and just start with that game then, since Amy's fabulous joke relates. So Wisconsin played Illinois. Uh, Amy and I did take Illinois to cover, and Illinois ended up upsetting Wisconsin. But what did you guys think about the game? I think this was like a classic look past. They were looking to Ohio State. I don't think they yeah. gave Illinois any respect. And then I think Illinois was, you know, was just like primed and ready. They wanted to win really bad. Yeah, that was that was an intense game. We flipped over. I didn't watch the whole thing. I kind of had kept an eye on it as it kind of scrolled across. Uh, But we flipped over toward the end. And I don't know what he was thinking throwing the ball when it got picked off. I'm like, what what are you doing? Um, And then sure enough, they drove the field and kicked that field goal. But Mm -hmm. 
they just, yeah, I, I think Amy's right. I think they just overlooked that game. They just weren't sharp. They didn't play well. Yeah, we've been talking too long about Wisconsin. We got to yeah. keep moving. Yeah, yeah, move on from Wisconsin. They're boring. <laughs> All right, so the next game that we picked was Bama, Tennessee. The spread was 34 and a half. I picked Bama to cover, which they did not. Um, and I believe, Megan, you also took Bama? I did, yes. Amy got that one. I picked Tennessee. Completely unfair, though, because Tua went out with an injury. But, I mean, yes, that is the case. They were still, like, it was still yeah. close. Tua going out is what caused that. They were not playing well with him in anyway either. He yes. he threw that interception like yes, the first quarter. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing because I feel like what's going to happen is he's going to be out for 2 weeks. He's coming back for the game against LSU is when they're predicting <laughs> that he'll be able to come back. And I feel like if he doesn't play well, people are going to say, "Oh, it's the injury." And I'm just here to say, look, he wasn't playing well before he got injured against Tennessee. So I don't think that that's a fair argument. I can already predict that this is going to be a yeah. conversation. Well, they've got like like a, you know, not a hard game and then they have a bye. So it's like kind of the perfect time for him to get hurt if there ever is, you know, like a perfect time right. to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Alabama was very fortunate that they were playing Tennessee that night and not a team with any kind of quality at all because if they had they could have dropped that game very easily with Tua going out and like Tennessee was like blowing through holes on their defense like it was nothing and I get it they've got some youth they've got some like Mm -hmm. um, injuries on their defense so they weren't but I mean it's Bama you know you're supposed to have depth in every position and they just there were holes like everywhere so I think they definitely like showed their vulnerability in that game. Yeah. Did you see Jeremy Pruitt? And I often do some research. I haven't looked at it, but he, when the quarterback, yeah, the quarterback, and I don't know, did they determine? Because I think they went back and forth. They're like, it was supposed to be a QB sneak, and then there wasn't. They're like, yeah, the the guard pulled, so it definitely was supposed to be, but it wasn't. And so I don't know if the quarterback ended up audible and like doing his own play or what, but Pruitt was livid. Yes, he was. Livid. And I'm sorry, Um, I don't care like what the kid does though that's a kid and you don't do that to his face mask like that that was just like uncalled for you know get mad bench him whatever but I don't know if that had been my my kid he did that too I would have been on the field like throwing down with him I I, yeah I don't know like because he like jump and like threw the ball it was like he was trying to fumble I don't know it was was stupid it was a dumb play it was really dumb um and then they they were saying that they thought that the kid called an audible and like it wasn't supposed to be a quarterback sneak which that would you know make the anger a little bit more why it was so like volatile but yeah I'm not sure if that was like determined for sure if that's what had happened but um I didn't I didn't like that and I think I think his time's ticking even faster now because they were even talking about it then like that relationship is that salvageable after you do something like that to a kid you know on national television in front of everyone that's why I was like, I need to check. I'm sure they made him issue like a verbal apology in the public, but I haven't followed up yet on it. But yeah. All right. Well, next game that we had is, and kind of we'll talk about this in transition. So with uh, Tua getting hurt, he has kind of fallen uh, in the predictions to win Heisman. So he's now at five to two. Let's flip it over though to Mr. Joe Burrow. So LSU versus Mississippi State. Spread was 19 and a half when we discussed it. I took LSU to to beat the spread, and I was correct. I don't know. Did you guys take that, too? Yes. Mm-hmm. We all three took LSU. Okay. Nice. So 
there was an article written about how Joe Burrow went from a 200 to one to mm-hmm. he is now a co-favorite at five to four with Jalen Hurts. Oh. So. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. should be. Yeah. But what so. do you guys think of the game? Uh, well, I didn't you guys. that much, to be honest. Oh, I watched that game. The beginning was, was kind of close for a while. Mississippi State really hung in there with them. But, I mean, LSU started to pull away and then it was all over. Did you guys see where Joe Burrow mooned everyone? The defensive player like <laughs> pulled his pants down. Did you see that? No, I, I did not. I was picking out pumpkins at the pumpkin patch. So. Oh, okay. Well, no, it was it was pretty funny. It was like you know right there on CBS. And then after the game, they asked him about it, and Joe Burrow was like, "No comment." And then it's like he couldn't help himself. He was like, "I hear there's a full moon in Starkville though, tonight or something." <laughs> Like, well played, well played. I was like the perfect line. Anyway, I mean, LSU looked really dominant. Like I said, it started off, they, you know, kind of close, but then LSU just really pulled away. And I think Joe Burrow broke the LSU touchdown record in that game. It was at 28 and he's at 29 now. And I mean, there's like still half of a season left to play. So kind of remarkable um, what he's doing there. I just Googled the moon. Yeah. <laughs> he said... It, this is a quote in his um, post-game press conference. He was like, I felt it coming. I felt it. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Look away. That's got to be the worst when you don't have the hands. Like, you know, you've got the ball. You can't, like, drop it and, like, grab your pants. It's just so. the backside. Like, that's not as bad. Yeah. So, anyway. Like, highlights from that game. <laughs> Classic. But I missed this game now. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Joe Burrow, too, is still leading for all the Heisman candidates in total of number of passing yards. I will say it's impressive, like Megan said, that he's got the school record. They are now going into the the part of the season though, where they're going to start playing a lot tougher opponents. So we'll see what he can do. But he is a, a favorite, a co-favorite to win the Heisman at this point. All right. The saddest game, um, Clemson-Louisville. I did pick Louisville to cover. Sadly, they did not, (laughs) Uh, which was a bummer. What did you guys think about that game? Did you guys see the quality control coach hyping up the players before the game? The Louisville. Ready to like run through a a brick wall. I was pretty, I was pretty excited. I know. I mean that I was like, that is what excess testosterone looks like everyone. (laughs) It was kind of crazy. I do think, I think Clemson didn't look good. They came out. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw two picks right away. I just, he's gone down now. Yeah, he's he really imploding. I think that's a case of like you have these all-star receivers around you. You get in the bad habit of just like tossing it up and expecting them to come down with it. They do a lot, and then there's like a miscommunication on a route or something. You can't do that. Like I don't know. I think he's kind of a head case at this point too. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got like I, I think I think the second that they play anyone with a decent defense um i think they're going to be exposed and i think they could be like bent over by someone just absolutely crushed. <laughs> so such restraint laura thank you i did not think you're right maturity yeah he has fallen so he's actually 100 to 1 to win yeah. the heisman yeah, he... but a little fun story from espn just bouncing back to burrow quickly because he started at a 200 to 1 favorite there was a 150 dollars wager placed on him which at this point would net thirty thousand dollars uh, so I mean, we I mean we don't bet we like obviously, but if we, we did, don't condone it either. Exactly, but don't you know, do it. in another world. So yeah, that was kind of sad. The thing I took away from it was 
um, the, the punch because I oh didn't see it live, but I went back oh, and yeah. watched it because you know some of them like the one on uh, Khalil Davis. I was like, I kind of get it, like he mm-hmm. he does, but not really. No, this was a throwdown. This is straight up. He's on top of him, just but, wailing like, like a hockey ever, fight. Why would you ever swing at somebody with a face mask? Helmet. Like, I know. I'm like, you can't you can't like your helmet. hand. There's yeah. no way you're gonna hurt their face behind a helmet. Like that's right. Like, I don't no even sense. know. It's like a lot of times, like when you go back and you can like watch the progression, you kind of see like, oh, he probably was taunting him or like, you know, something was said. They were like running down the field. Yeah, pushing each other a little bit. But then it's like he just lost it all of a sudden. I don't even know what happened there. He's probably but telling he, like your mama jokes. or Your something. mama. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yes. Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> so it was the cornerback. It was Andrew Booth Jr., um, it's a 450 mile trip back home to Clemson, and um, he made him ride the bus, the manager's bus, back instead of the plane with the rest of them. Uh-huh. So he had to drive, he had to ride 450 miles back to back to Clemson, which I thought was kind of an appropriate punishment. Yeah, you yeah. Have to think about it. Don't let him celebrate the win with the team. And they said he responded to it really well. They said he just lost his temper. He's a good man. Like he apologized. He took the punishment. So that was okay. good. But that that was probably the most excitement from that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, Not I want to say this about Clemson, though. I think the only reason they're winning some of these games is because of their defense. Their defense is really I, good. That's the side of the ball that they've lost all their players from last year. Venables is a is really great coach. Is their defense really good, or are they I just they in are. the ACC and they don't really face any well, high-power offenses? I mean, that could be part of it, I guess. But I'm just saying, when you look at their offense, their offense is subpar. I mean, they yeah. can't score against anyone. But the defense is keeping them in games well, until the offense can start clicking. very talented receivers on offense. I think, I, I think that's where they're... I think we do have some talent on offense, but yeah, I'm not saying they don't have talent. I'm just saying it, it warms up real slow yeah. and it's very hit and miss. And I think because of their defense, they're actually sneaking by some of these teams that are not good to begin with. I think, you know, they'll play South Carolina rivalry weekend, um, which I don't, you know, they're not a great team, but we'll see. All right. Moving on. Um, Ohio state Northwestern. I would like, to give a little shout out to myself on this one. If you go back and listen to last week's podcast, this was my gimme game. I said Ohio State all day. I said they will win by more than 40 points, which they won by 49. So I feel like I nailed this prediction. <laughs> Northwestern's terrible. Um, mm-hmm. The spread was 28 and a half on this game. I watched a little bit of it because I think Northwestern, did they score first or maybe they, no, I think they scored second, yeah. but it was like 73 at one point. I was like, okay, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, nope. It was a blowout. That's all I have to say about it. But I was right. Yes, you were right, Laura. Way to go. Let's go on to Oklahoma, West Virginia. I got this one wrong. I thought West Virginia would cover, which they did not. Spread was 33 and a half when we talked about it. Jalen Hurts. He looked pretty darn good in this game. That's enough about that. We don't even talk about them. Uh, Penn State, (laughs) Michigan. That's right. Penn State, Michigan, the whiteout game, um, college game day. Also super uncomfortable was Lara Spencer. It was very odd. I don't know. It was just weird. Oh, gosh. I texted you, Laura, and I was like, so much awkwardness on game day. <laughs> no, I already thought that, though. I was like, I know. I don't know what it is. It just but... kept getting worse and worse. And I was like, yeah. hey, don't like that. Which is weird. She's a TV personality. You'd think it would be very, com- I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was just something weird. But There's just some strange chemistry going on. So, Or yeah. non-chemistry, I guess. <laughs> So I watched it, and 
I did Penn State go up 14 zip or 21 zip? 21, 21. It was 21. And I was just like, like, game over, game over. And then Michigan starts to pull something out. And I'm like, what, what's happening? Like Michigan looks like a bipolar team. Mm -hmm. They can be like play lights out. I'm like, oh, like they look like the old Michigan. And then sometimes I'm like, is this a first grade team out there? Like what's happening? So I don't understand Michigan. I, I uh, don't either, but I said if like, Jim Harbaugh can come out and they can get some like passing going and establish that because Penn State was looking to stop the run. I was like, if they can get some passing established, open up a run game a little bit, open up their offense, they can be in this game and they can win. And I do not understand the AP poll. I do not understand why Penn State moved up. I don't understand why Michigan moved up because when when you're 16 and you play a top 10 team and you lose by one touchdown, like you when you cover this like you cover it, you beat it. Like why are you losing spots in that? Like you played better than you were expected to to begin with. So why are you losing spots? And if that Michigan guy hadn't dropped that pass at the end, um oh, yeah, they we're going into overtime time. because Penn State they scored three early and they only scored one touchdown in the second half. They were struggling to score. And if that game goes in overtime, I think Michigan has the edge, even being at Penn State and the wideout, and I think I think Michigan wins that game if that pass isn't dropped right there. So I think Penn State was lucky to survive. I don't understand why they moved up because they didn't look good at all in the second half. Like, I don't understand what's going on in those people's minds. I don't know either. Um, but we'll see what happens there. That was oh, that was a good game. It was back and mm-hmm. forth. Yeah, it was um, a good Notre- game day game. Notre Dame had a bye. So the next one was Florida, South Carolina. I picked Florida to cover. Um, the spread at the time when we talked was six. They won thirty-eight twenty-seven. So yes, yeah. they yes, did cover. My that was my like pick of the week. If I were to gamble, I said yeah. that they're gonna cover, and they did. Yeah, it was All a slow does. start though. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a slow start, but it was covered. really um rainy there and so I do think the weather kind of was a factor in them starting slowly just kind of figuring it out but did you guys see the missed call at the end of the game it was mm-hmm. towards the I, end yes yeah the yeah so the receiver was he was blocking he wasn't it was they were trying to run that like pick play where you are basically setting a pick but without looking like you're setting a pick setting a but pick, he was yeah. just full-on blocking this other player and Will Muschamp lost his mind. Jared says he's the Bo Pelini of the SEC. And I kind of saw <laughs> what he was talking about on Saturday because he was so angry. And I mean, he honestly, he probably had reason, you know, to be so frustrated because it was a really bad miscall. I mean, they're still not going to win even if they call that. No, 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 no. And I know, like we always talk about, there are bad calls that always go both ways. You know what I mean? You've got to rise above. You've got to win the game. And I think Florida is showing us that they are probably the third best team in the SEC interject right here. Okay. Since we're talking about coaches getting really mad about officiating, I have a little trivia. Does anyone know <laughs> coach was fined for a tweet this week? He tweeted out, he yeah. tweeted out a, um, a picture of, you know, that picture of like refs <laughs> of Ray Charles. <laughs> they have the seeing eye dogs and like the blind yes. glasses on. He yes. tweeted this out after their game, <laughs> and he got fined five thousand dollars for it. Was Does it um, was it this week or was it last week? It might have been last week. But was it the Texas Tech coach? He was talking about it then this week because then he in his press conference he said more that he wasn't supposed to. No, it was okay. Not. Was it? It wasn't the Texas Tech coach. No. 
Oh, okay, because he also was fined when Texas Tech lost to Baylor. There was a missed call, and the Big 12 actually admitted that the refs had made a big mistake. And when he made that public, they fined him for letting it out of the bag. You know what I mean? Like, they, <laughs> I don't know. That's, I would totally was, do that. I would so do that. trying to save face, basically. And he, like, outed them. And so he was fined. But, I mean, I'm sure, you know what I mean? Like, people are throwing money at him to pay this fine because everyone was like, you know, it was the right thing to do or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was why that was the one I guessed. But, why don't you tell us, Amy? Okay, no. you tell us, Amy, because I don't know. It, it was Lane Kiffin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, oh, really? Yes. For Atlantic. Um, maturity level. That totally fits. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it was like, he was like, we have freedom of speech, but I guess around here there's no such thing as freedom to tweet. <laughs> freedom to tweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny, though. But he That's was funny. in a press conference, and he's like, um, I don't know if we lose money in this conference. We probably do. And I don't have a lot anymore. So I'm not going to lose any. He was like, I'm about to say what I want to say, but I'm not going to. The assistant AD is back there shaking his head like, hey, don't say what you want to say. So I'm not going to say anything. Here's the deal. I'm like, going to write it with a note. Lane Kiffin, he's like the kind of guy who needs to be on a short leash. And I yes. think that's why he did really well at Alabama. I think Nick had him under his thumb the whole time. Yes. And he was like, you may talk, you may not talk. You know, yeah. you remember when he missed the bus? It was like yes. at their bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like this big kid who's like never grown up. You know, he's Girl never is. really like learned the responsibility, whatever. He's hilarious. Okay. So I love that. I love that story. Um, Last game we had was Georgia, Kentucky. Spread was 25. I don't think I got this one right. I can't remember who I took. You did not. Amy and Laura took Georgia, but I believed in the Cats. I, I picked Kentucky. Um, Georgia Talking about bad weather, though, that game, that's a little unfair, too, because those weather conditions were terrible. It was yeah, downpouring I mean, the whole sure. game. Here's my thing, though, because this is everything that the Georgia fans are saying. It's not unfair. Kentucky played in the same conditions. Georgia much more of a high-passing, quick, no. fast so no, they shouldn't be. They about... shouldn't be. They have the swift. He's amazing. But and... I was going to the basis that they were going to get a few more throws in that they did. Whereas Kentucky, I didn't think as much of that. But I get it. I was wrong. I'll admit it. Wait, I'm just saying the weather conditions were not conducive. Also, weather can throw the, like when you're talking about betting, especially things like the over or like not even necessarily the spread. Because, yes, they're both playing in the same conditions. But, like, weather can have a big, big impact on your offense, you know, and moving the ball. And if you're a throwing team, that does affect you more than it does a running team. Right. I understand that. But I'm just saying I don't think of Georgia as a throwing team. They are at best 50-50. Okay. I'm not, I'm not making a case for that one way or the other. I'm just saying that I think Laura was saying that they're more of a throwing team. And so it, it does affect them more. That's what I was saying. Okay. Well, anyway, my takeaway from the game, weather aside, is that Georgia better get it together because if they keep playing like this, they're they're, they're, they're not they're out they're out anyway. Yeah. But they're not even gonna win the SEC East if they can't pull it together. I think Florida's almost got wrapped up right now at this point. I mean, we'll, we'll see what they do in the next few weeks. But did you guys see how many SEC teams are in the top ten? I did not. Four. Five. Okay. Yeah. So okay. it's it's LSU, Alabama, Alabama Georgia, Florida, Florida, Auburn, and Auburn. Georgia. Okay. So very Georgia going to be out. Florida, I don't know about them. Here's the thing. LSU and Alabama, I really want to see them play each other. You will. You I mean, I know they will because they play each other in two weeks. But I'm just saying, 
what I'm I'm interested to see is the losing team, how much they fall, because like I bet it's like one spot if at all. It's just so unfair to me. I'm just ugh. All right. Well, we took quite a bit of time recapping some of those games, but there are a couple additional ones I wanted to talk about. We mentioned some of the terrible calls, um, and I watched the Purdue-Iowa game. So Purdue is driving, and they're in, I believe they're in the red zone, or they're very close to it, and there's a turnover, quotation marks. It, first of all, not a turnover, but on the field, they ruled it, obviously, in Iowa's favor. They review it. They can't tell, so they let the call stand. So, of course, Iowa gets the ball, and Purdue loses by, was it six? I'm like, that's such crap. That was such a terrible call. It should not have been ruled a turnover. Even, like, the announcers were like, oh, that's clearly not one, clearly not one. Mm -hmm. It just drives me crazy that Iowa got the call. So that was super frustrating for me. But, yeah, that game was upsetting. The game I want to talk about is a – well, it's not record-setting, but it is the new overtime rules came into play for Virginia Tech UNC. Mm -hmm. Um, I was disappointed. I, just because I'm a Duke fan for basketball, don't love UNC, but I do respect what Mac Brown has done so quickly at that program. Um, They started to be trending toward good um, the last couple years. Obviously, Bears fans don't think so with Mitchell Trubisky, but they've had some quarterbacks that have come out of there. So it's not like they were a terrible program, but I'm just impressed. I mean, he's made them play with Clemson. They're playing good football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was I was going for UNC, but kind of interesting to see the new. They had to go from the two point, uh, yeah, or the two yard conversion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what, I feel like that North Carolina quarterback has blown both games for them. Like in the Clemson game, he went down on fourth and goal. And then I believe he did it in this game, too. It was either, I think it was fourth and goal, too. It's like, you can't take a sack right there. You can't go down. You have to throw the ball up. Yes, it might get picked out, but you can't just take a sack. I don't know. I feel like that's on him. But otherwise, I think I think we talked about most of the games. And Megan, I will issue a little correction for you. So it looks like their top rushing yards are Swift with 752 for Georgia, and their top receiving is 318. Now, yeah. granted, could the spread among the receivers be more? Sure. But they are a little bit more running than passing, so I'll give it to you. Okay. Um, I do want to talk just briefly about the Arkansas-Auburn game. Did you guys see the, the, fake punt? the fake punt? Oh, my gosh. Yes. That was the best thing I saw all day Saturday. I laughed so hard because, first of all, it's like a chest pass. I don't know what he was doing. Like I a thought it looked like a bad free throw. Like, yes. Like yes. a really unathletic kid trying to shoot a free throw mixed no, with, no, like, no. yeah, shovel pass in there or something. And then the best part is they ask the coach after the game was over. They're like, you know, what was up with that fake punt or whatever? He's been, like, actually, we've been working weeks. on that for a couple of weeks now. And I'm like, you're like, that's what working on looks like? <laughs> yes. Like, that's what you're working on that? Shut. Yeah. And you just say, you know, oh, yeah, we need to practice that a little more. You don't admit that you actually put time. <laughs> He's got, like, a big grin on his face. He's like, just how we practiced. <laughs> Almost got it, bud. Almost there. All right. So I just wanted to mention that because that was another highlight from Saturday that I enjoyed watching over and over again. Anyway, I think I'm ready to move on now if you guys are. So let's go ahead and make some picks for the upcoming week. I've chosen some of the better games, what I feel like should be closer games for us to pick, but we are still picking with the spread. So okay. I'll pick Rich, the spread and you guys. I would like to here. say that last week when I was clarifying if Laura was picking Illinois to win or beat the spread, and you're like, Amy, 
you're such an idiot. Of course, Wisconsin's going to win. And I wish we could play like a soundbite of you doing that because. In all fairness, notice I did not correct you. So technically, I did pick Illinois to win. There you go. You didn't correct me. Well, Megan corrected you for (laughs) yourself. I know. My God. I'm sorry. Did either one of you pick Illinois to win or just to beat the spread? I did not clarify. I I just said they beat the spread. No, I did not think they would win, obviously. So. Okay. All right. All right. Take it away. First game, Ohio State, Wisconsin. The spread is 14. Uh, I'm picking I, Ohio State. I'm going to as well. Typically, they're just too strong. They are. They're, they have the best athletes, I think, in the Big Ten. Um, Wisconsin, typically, after a game where they lose or they shouldn't, I say they have a bounce back game. I don't think they can do it. I think Ohio State's got too many athletes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Wisconsin I, will hang with them for the first couple quarters. I think it'll be okay. And then I think Ohio State, with the depth they have at every position, it's just going to be – they're going to be exhausted by the third and fourth quarter. I think I think Ohio State covers. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick Ohio State too. I think Wisconsin, as good as they are, especially on defense, they're very one-dimensional. And I think Ohio State's going to exploit that. So I'm going to pick Ohio State to beat the spread as well. The second game, a little bit of a surprise here. Michigan – is playing Notre Dame and Michigan is favored by two and a half. I'm so who do you guys Michigan. have? I'm taking Notre. I'm taking Notre Dame. Gosh, I think I'm going to take Notre Dame as well. Yeah, I'll take Notre Dame at least to to cover. So yeah, I'll take Notre Dame as well. Okay, I'm taking right. Michigan because I think they're due for. Mm-hmm a key win. And I do think that um, Notre Dame is overrated. And I think Michigan is, and I never thought I would say this, but I think they're a little bit underrated because hmm. of like some of their losses. Like, I don't think that they should have mm-hmm. lost that many spots. I, I didn't think that they should have been at 16 anyway. So maybe they are kind of like where they're supposed to be right now. But, um, but I'm picking Michigan this game. Out of the last four matchups, do you know who's won more? Michigan. Michigan. It's actually... <laughs> Uh, Notre Dame. So oh. Notre Dame won in 2018, 24-17. Notre Dame won in 2014, 31-zip. Michigan won in 2013, 41-30. And then Notre Dame won in 2012, 13-6. Hmm. Okay. So, that's like, well, back like long. I know, but if you say the last two meetings or even last year's Notre Dame won. So I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah, I will as well. Um, next game, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Iowa State is favored by eight and a half. I picked Iowa State to win this last week and was correct, but it is hard uh, to cheer against Oklahoma State. I, I don't want to cheer against them, and for that reason, I will pick Oklahoma State. Hashtag Autumn or Luke, if you have me for Christmas, get me a nice gift. I mean, I'm going to take Oklahoma State against the spread. I do think that they can keep it close. So Oklahoma State for me. Yeah, I'm picking Oklahoma State as well. I don't think Iowa State's that good. All right. Next game is LSU-Auburn. LSU favored by 12. I'm going to make a really bold prediction. I could be miserably wrong. Mm-hmm. But if I'm right, then I will do like I did with the Ohio State game. So I am going to take Auburn to cover. Okay. I'm going to take LSU to win. And I'm going to say that Burrow loses the Heisman during this game. Wow. Okay. okay. Lots of predictions I, going on there. I, um... I agree. I totally think that Auburn can cover. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn covered because they have a tendency of, like, rising up to play. Like, when they knocked off Bama a few years ago, um, it's just, like, the type of team they are. Um, So I wouldn't be 
surprised if they did cover, but I am picking LSU. Um, I think Joe Burrow is as cool as they come. I don't see him getting flustered, um, and I think LSU is going to cover and win. So I wouldn't okay. be shocked though if they if they didn't. But I I don't see him damaging his Heisman his Heisman hopes in this game. Okay, so both Amy and Laura are picking Auburn. Yes. No. No, no Amy. Sorry. Amy's taking LSU. I'm taking Auburn. I'm take, I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn covered. Okay. So I agreed with her on that. The, okay. But you're not picking that. Auburn to cover. No, I'm not. Picking. But I wouldn't okay. be shocked if they did. It's not like a thing where I'm like sure the LSU is going to cover. Okay. But I don't think Joe Burrow hurts his Heisman chances in this game. Okay. I'm going to pick Auburn against the spread. But unlike Laura, I don't think Joe Burrow loses his spot in the Heisman. Um, hot takes. Hot takes. Yeah. I think I think Auburn is a good team. I think their defense is good. And so they might be able to slow LSU down a little bit. And I'm just thinking it might be lower scoring. But I do think LSU is going to win the game. But I'm picking Auburn to cover. All right. Next game, Oregon, Washington State. Oregon. Spread is 13 and a half. Taking Oregon. Oregon came from behind playing Washington this week. Ended up winning. I'm taking Oregon. I'm taking puddles. Okay. Amy? See, I'm, like, torn because I really do think that, like, Washington State has some, like, upset potential in them. But then, you know, is it going to be the Washington State that lost, like, a 40-point lead to um, UCLA? I I just have to go with Oregon in this one for the – for both to win and this cover the spread. Okay. Well, to keep it interesting, I'll go with Washington state for the, at least to cover. That's what I'll be cheering for. So I might as well pick it. Okay. Next game, Texas versus TCU. The spread is one and a half. That's the smallest spread of any of the ranked teams. Texas. Yeah. I have Texas too. I think that they're like embarrassed that they almost lost to Kansas. And I think that they come out and take care of TCU. Hopefully they drag some people with them when they bring Bebo out. Yes. Or hopefully mm-hmm. Bebo drags them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to go with Texas, too. I really want to pick TCU, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, all right, Texas for all of us. And then the final game is Penn State versus Michigan State. Spread is five and a half. Okay, are we crazy? How is the spread five and a half? Like, I feel like this is a gimme game. I for to pick Penn State. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. I don't understand how it's that low. Michigan State's terrible. Yeah. Well, they well, have their they have defense, defense is defense. good. Yeah. Come and on, then I, I think this Brian is honestly. Worthy, he Brian. Okay, here's the thing though. I think Michigan State matches up better to Penn State than people think because Penn State has a very strong like run defense. And Brian Lewerke at one point was leading the Big Ten in passing yards. So I don't know that it's going to be as lopsided as people think it is. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I do see Penn State winning, and I, I think they'll cover two. But I think, you know, you look at it and be like, oh, my gosh, that's like a gimme. And I don't know that it's a gimme. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, too, Penn State is coming off of this game against Michigan. It was game day. Like, it was a whiteout. Like, it was really emotional. It's a big game, and then their their next yes. game is Michigan State. That's, I feel like it would be easy to true. overlook them. But remember, um, mm-hmm. Michigan State beat Penn State last year, kind of killing their season a little bit. So I think I don't know if they're going to overlook this one. Penn State wants to stay undefeated. I I think they cover easily. 
that's my that's my take. Cover easily. Okay. I'm going to pick Penn State, too. I'm just not as confident, but I'm going with Penn State. Amy? I I already picked Penn State as well. Oh, okay. I said I think they will, but I, I said okay. I do think Michigan State matches up a little better than what people think that okay. they do. Sorry, I missed that. And now, the only game that really matters, Woo-hoo! Nebraska is playing Indiana. Phoenix is coming to Nebraska. I know. I know. Actually, Phoenix is. He in might not. And he's dating. Phoenix has a big injury. But we're wearing our black Alties. uniforms. So That's right. Okay. We were asking Scott Frost in the press conference. They're like, "Oh, and what's the special reason that why you picked um, the Indiana game?" And he was like, "Well, we're running out of home games." <laughs> he's like, uh, "No reason." <laughs> So basically, we just have to wear them. And so, but he did say, um, and let me pull this quote up because I don't want to get it wrong. But he said, like when he told the team that they were wearing them, he said, I told the team this morning, if you're going to wear them, you better show up and play with an attitude that makes the Blackshirt alumni proud because they're going to be like inviting them to the game and stuff. Some of the like former Blackshirts because they're wearing the Blackshirt jerseys. And um, so I do, I'm, I do see a big... Um, defensive game for us. I see them showing up. I see them making big plays. I just see our defense really doing well this game. Even though it's like crazy, something like a uniform could spark that. But I think just like knowing that those black shirt alumni are in attendance watching and like they want to make their like brotherhood proud. Um, I do see our defense having a big game. Phoenix. Phoenix. (laughs) No, we're calling him Phoenix. I don't care. Um, Okay, well, yeah. Phoenix is day-to-day. And his what he went out um, in the Maryland game this past weekend is not related to his shoulder injury at all. So he's kind of banged up in like more ways than that. They're just so fun. I'm sorry. I'd like to laugh. Mention Megan laughed before I did. (laughs) Okay. That's, but that's the beauty of his name is that like, anything can be funny. Um, But, Peyton Ramsey did come in and had a very good game. So they have some depth there that um, we, you know, can't just like, oh, if he's out, you know, it's going to be easy. They're favored um, by a couple points, which is it's very rare for us to be <laughs> not the favorites at home against. I actually like it. I know I, 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 I do prefer that. I, I play better with not expected to. I think we play better as underdogs. I really do. I mean, not Ohio State underdogs, but like regular yeah. underdogs. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and this is about as close as you can get. The matchup predictor is like 52% for Indiana. So, I mean, it's very even. Yeah. This is a game we need to win. Um, they yeah, well, we obviously want to win all of them. But um, I'd like to get us even closer to bowl eligibility. Same mm-hmm. thing. Indiana's coming in with a 5-2 and two record. So, they are also looking to get bowl eligible. But, yeah, I would like to get to... It's actually, yeah, I think, a bigger game for us when it comes to bowl eligibility because they have a few down the road that um, are very li- likely um, to where if, if we don't win against them, we have Maryland, and then we have to be either like Wisconsin or Iowa or, or Iowa. like a harder yeah. game. So um, I think it's actually kind of a little more important for us to win this game to get bowl eligible. But Mo Washington is not on the depth chart anymore. Yep. They said he is not on the team as of now. It, Scott Frost was very tight-lipped. Um, didn't say he's off the team for good. He didn't say any of that. And then so all the comments on all the Husker pages are people just like wildly speculating at what's happened. Someone was like, 
there's weed in his room and like <laughs> someone else was like they can't find him he disappeared and he hasn't been practiced all <laughs> week and it's like alien abduction yeah it's just, like if you get on those sites it's just like okay whatever so i just watched the press conference and scott was saying and i think he does have a heart kind of like because he mentioned how tom osborne ran things and he was like this is more than just football to mm-hmm. us if we can give these boys a chance to succeed in life we're gonna give mm-hmm. them you know every chance that we've got but at some point we do have to draw the line yeah. and I think that's you know the only thing you can do and so it, he, he didn't make it clear that like Maurice has like completely crossed the line and there's no you know he's off the team for good that it wasn't that but it was mm-hmm. also like basically this is real close to the line so he could be off for good mm-hmm. like maybe but I, I have had some worries about Mo for like a while now just attitude and like just discipline I think um mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if he has the discipline. And so, I'm not completely shocked that this this has happened. Well, so, he hasn't practiced all last week, but they're saying he's still enrolled in classes at UNL. So I think some of the rumors were like, oh, he's transferring to another school. But they said, as far as as far as far we're hearing, he's still in classes. Um, Frost said, we don't see him being a part of our plans in the immediate future. But right. long-term status is remain to be seen. He said it's not related to the California court case. So, Wyatt Missouri is going to be back this week um, after they put in quotes minor concussion <laughs> like like a concussion can be minor no big right, deal right. just ring his bell You're and then fine. Ramir Johnson we might actually have to lose his red shirt um mm. if yeah. Washington stays that way so our our depth at running back we'll with Wandale being hurt and Washington being out it, like it went from good to like very thin real fast so, yeah. in all fairness though like if there's any position we have depth at it would be that like <laughs> mm-hmm. not that it's good but that would be one of the positions we have a lot of depth at but anyways, all right, well, Megan, why don't you give us the spread for that, and we'll make our pick. Um, I actually don't have the spread. Amy, do you have it? I guess it's three points. I just said it. Sorry. It was, it was it's, two it's and a half. Wednesday. It was two, two and, and a half, half when it opened. Um, and okay. it's moved to three as of Sunday night. So I'm taking Nebraska. Woo! And I'm going to say they cover. We went by seven. Okay. Why don't you just give a score prediction, Laura? You know, you guys know I'm the worst at this. I've never gotten anywhere close. Let's go with. I have. 21 to 14, since I said spread would be seven. Okay. That's great. I did a quick math there, you guys. Yep. You, you got it, Laura. It Thanks, all just picks up. Thanks. And who was our picker? No. <laughs> I am going to say that our defense shows up big time. Um, I do think that they have some talent on offense, though, so I can see them getting a couple scores in there. I'm going to say 17 for Indiana, and then I'm going to say – that we score 33. Okay. I can't also just point out that like I gave my score and he's like, I think our defense is going to show up and then gives them a higher score than what I gave them. <laughs> well, well she did like, say she thought their offense was pretty but good. But then I so. said, yeah, like they've got some weapons on offense. Okay. And if that, if Penix is playing, he, he is explosive. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank yeah, you. you're just trying. All right. That's enough. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say 28. 23. Ooh, okay. Yeah, nice. a little closer. Okay, so those are our predictions. Um, we'll see what happens this Saturday. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content. I don't know, maybe they would have
had college game day there. Uh, it's a, oh, oh my. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Amy, Sorry. when you have to, okay, just a little side note. When you have to sneeze, <laughs> maybe don't do it directly into the microphone. Okay, I'm okay. so sorry. It's Wait. dusty and I sneeze. <laughs>